I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is with Kim Anami, uh, she's actually really well known. What number are we? We should have a little party when we have our two hundredth episode. I think we're at one eighty one. Oh my god! We should, we should do a party. We should have an inst- uh, a, a Zoom party. A Zoom party. Oh my god! Where all the listeners can come. Oh, and but not orgasm come. Like you, you can arrive there. They can come if they want to. You can. That's true. But we don't need to see it. Consent waiver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, we we are getting up there. Um, so Kim and Nami is a uh, awesome, very well spoken uh, sex educator, holistic sex educator, actually. Um, and I've known about Kim's work for years. Like. I don't know, probably heard about her seven or eight years ago or something. She's pretty big. She's been on E, CNN, NPR, all sorts of places. She's done a lot of things. She's a sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. Well, that's how I was introduced to her because you were mentioning her work. And then I went on her website. I was like, wait, is she holding an Almeric surfboard with a... <laughs> with her pussy? With a... With yeah. her pussy, with yeah. a, it's she tied uh, obviously a jade egg, yeah, in, and, and then holds it, holds it in her pussy, and then holds it in her pussy, and but and then she does like papayas and coconuts, and then posts like in the most beautiful location. Her Instagram is beautiful. Yeah. You'll definitely want to check out her Instagram. Um, and so I, here's some things I would like to say. I followed her work for a long time. I found her very fascinating. I think that she is a motherfucking badass powerhouse, like as a as a speaker. Um, she, Oh my God, some skills. I've watched her do some YouTube videos that are like 20 minutes long, no breaks, perfection. No Mm. filler words. She knows what the fuck she's talking about and has specific opinions about how sexuality is in her eyes. And so here's what I want to say on the podcast. Disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. You'll hear me actually have a moment where I I said I got triggered, but I was more so activated. Um, I, I like to distinguish the two because I was not in a trauma response. I was more feeling some intense emotions based on the fact that I, as a sex educator, I have a very different approach. Um, in the way that I speak. And some of you who listen, uh, you hear us and you're very appreciative for the inclusivity that we do with gender pronouns and things like that. And some of you are irritated and it's not your jam. And so what I would like to say is that when you hear April and I speak or you hear any of our educators, we do not know everything. Regardless of how awesome we sound and how sure we sound of what we are saying, my belief And this is also, as I say, it's the meta experiences. Do I know everything about what I'm saying right now? (laughs) I do not believe that any of us know everything. That that there's no educator out there that could possibly state that we have all of the information that our way is correct. And I can say that mine certainly is not and that I will forever be a student. And um, so what what I'm speaking to that you might hear in this this episode is that I personally had some hard, hard times with maybe some of the heteronormative perspectives and her clientele 
are is generally straight people. And she said also that after the show we talked, she does have some queer folks that go to her 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 um, retreats and things. I would like to add because you're on to something totally. It's legitimately accurate that we don't know everything. Yeah. How could you possibly know everything? And this is what we do from our shameless sex mission is to bring you the variety of options and tools out there yeah. and you can apply what is for you based on you choose. Some, yeah. yes yeah. and we will continue to bring you some of the things that perhaps don't align necessarily completely with us and what we even want and sometimes you and i don't align with the things that we choose and totally. what we do or we think we do and then later we don't <laughs> yeah so it's okay yeah. and this is a thing i never tell you i'm a fucking expert on all of this stuff and nor yeah. do you we say we're learning with you and it's great to have some various perspectives from all sorts of different folks we have to bring in the variety we can't just go down one no. one and then what i'll say also is that um the buck angel episode which we did do the episode which we thought was amazing. We got some negative feedback, which we shared. And since then, we've had two emails. One other one was negative feedback that they don't think that Buck Angel is a great advocate and that they're more harmful. We also had someone that responded saying they thought that it was very helpful mm. and very inspirational and really resonated with them. And so this Polarizing. is... Polarizing. This is what the thing, yes. the, the thing is. was like we are... We're not, we're not choosing to go down. Like maybe this is what makes shameless sex a little different. We're not just going down one perspective to advocate for everything that we already think to be true. We're going to share a lot of things knowing that, um, we don't know everything and that we're open to various perspectives. And what I'll say about Kim is that she is a, uh, thought provoking, confident human that I think has an amazing skill at uh, inspiring people to be superpower motherfucking humans. Like, mm-hmm. like to say you have it all in you. You just don't know yet. And you, I, you have the ability to find it and I can help you find it. And so that is a valuable skill, whether I agree with some, all the things that she says or not, that is a very valuable skill. So, um, be, be, uh, Ready Isn't to be impossible amazed. to agree with everyone, no, everything go, everyone says. Going, well, how many billions of humans do we have here? Seven point six and counting. It might Not be seven point eight by now, but yeah. it's, I don't it's know. crazy to think that that would be possible. Yeah. That's just yeah, that's that's silly. So, anyways, we'll get off our little uh, soapbox. But just so you know, like when you hear some things on here, I I really if you hear me get activated on here, just know that I value this podcast. I value a lot of what she says. I might not agree with all of it, but I think that she has some really important points that are fucking like like inspirational and necessary to hear and on a different note amy brought me the most amazing coffee mug today shameless sex on it and stickers and stickers which i haven't applied to anything yet but they are really nice quality stickers and soon we're getting sweatshirts long sleeves t-shirts because and tank tops um given to us by this company because now we have our swag own swag, swag <laughs> website, which you can find if you just check out our shameless sex apparel and swag. Uh, we are donating everything to the NAACP because we do support the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. And it's more than a movement, y'all. It's time. Yep. It's time. It's happening. And uh, so if you go to our website, like April said, if you scroll down, there's a big banner that shows some photos of some t-shirts. Um, they're anything from like, you know, stickers and things that range from, I don't know, like $5 to $40. You can there's, get a tapestry. You get a sweatshirt. You can get a sweatshirt. You, but you can get really, you can get a tank top. You can a get mask. a mask. You can get a mask. You can all, the, yep. but they have a variety for uh, folks that are wanting to have like a regular old t-shirt. You see like a little baby outfit. You can have a onesie. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, for a, a child. That says shameless sex. That says shameless sex. My, no, or it says I am part of the shameless sex revolution for your infant. Yes. Yes. Uh, oh my God, we should have made one. Like that sh- says shameless- I came from shameless sex. Oh. oh. Or, <laughs> that could be or, interpreted like, so many like, different ways. About, I came from shameless sex. Oh, I like that. Or what oh about God. sex educator in training? Oh, that's cute. Oh, I just fell in love with babies even more. Um, well, anyways, go check it out. And, check it out. And all proceeds go to a good cause. Yeah, we are not getting any money, but we are getting t-shirts from it. Hell yeah. I can't wait um, to wear mine. Also, everyone, I'm teaching an online workshop on Friday, August 14th, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it's actually what I was told to me. It's, it's, it's taking place in Austin, but I'm online. So anyways, that's all you need to know. 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to minxandmuse.com. That's M-I-N-X and A-N-D. Muse, M-U-S-E. What's the topic? Com. It's on G-Spots, P-Spots, and Squirting, and it's live. We'll actually all be there together. Um, it's you live can use and- my lighting for that one. So, oh, fuck. I forgot to ask you. Can I use your lighting? Yes, you can. Sweet. So I don't need it then. Using April's lighting. Uh, so go <laughs> and, and check it out, and then you can learn uh, in person. It's a two-hour workshop, and I'm super excited. And this is a woman-owned company. I think she's pretty witchy in a good way. Like She's like, I mean, witchy is a, a good thing Minx, in general. Minx and Muse is yeah. the company? Oh, Her name no, is Crimson. Oh, no. She's a Ooh, badass. I like it. Are you ready for a sex question? Yes, please. All right. I am female identifying and in my early 40s. And during play, I get super aroused and feel all this buildup and a huge amount of pleasure. But there's not usually a final sense of release and then relaxation. I can use a a wave analogy for this. I feel like I'm hitting what I understand to be a peak and then just coasting along the top indefinitely, not at a consistent level of pleasure throughout, but with the little dips along the peak. I am not complaining because there's absolutely mind-blowing pleasure. I just want to understand better what's going on. Sometimes there's gushing, so ejaculation, which also feels amazing, but also doesn't quite feel like a full release. I can't tell whether I'm having many small orgasms or one gigantic long-lasting orgasm or whether I'm not quite hitting an orgasm at all. And if I can just let go a little more bit, maybe I'll break through with a sense of that final release. Can y'all provide some insight into what sounds like it's happening. It's it realistic to expect a peak and a sense of release and then relaxation. Okay, wait. So, so is the, this is exactly the question that we were talking about. We recorded a podcast episode today with, with Keely. Keely. Okay. And this is exactly the delayed ejaculation. So they're issue. saying, she's saying that on, on the she sex gets question, to the, she gets to her. a seven to the nine, but doesn't go over the 10. So, she, okay. And it's like almost like there's not like that full yeah. release after she it has an It still feels orgasm. amazing because that seven to nine is amazing. And for a lot of folks, they say, look, that's sometimes even better because you can hang out there for a long time. So maybe we should recommend go to KeelyRankin.com. Keely does a lot of work. And also if you stay tuned, listener, we have an episode coming out that's specifically about uh, more so geared towards penis owners and um, what we know as, and we're not using this term, but um, premature ejaculation or delayed ejaculation, but also just ejaculatory, ejaculatory control. control. Yeah. Whoa, we um, said that at the same time. Uh, Jinx, you owe me uh, kombucha. I and- <laughs> And, uh, but we, she talked about how this is actually the similar process for vulva owners, um, in, in that you have, and she said, so here's the bad news. I'll give you the bad news first. Mm. She said that if this is a default in your brain is, can be a long process to undo. She, the four month, to six months, four to six months. Yeah. The good news is your brain is your largest sex organ and it's easy to undo. Now here's what I want to say. One, if you're totally happy with this process, you're, if you're experiencing a lot of pleasure, then go for it. 
and if you're frustrated and you feel like you want to experience everything, including more going over the, the, the peak into a deep state of orgasm and then the relaxation that follows, um, then you can learn some things. And one thing that Keely said today, well, I'm so glad we did that episode today before this, she described the experience of the, like the, re- the no, that's, I'm not going to say real. Sorry. I said that incorrectly. My bad. The, um, intense. Yeah, the full orgasmic process and all the potentiality yes. that you can experience mm. as your whole body feels it and is vibrating with this like intense aliveness. And then after you do experience this like, wow, something just happened, which I, I think this person could be describing as the relaxation. Um, and so if you're craving that, then there's work to do. And she described it as a bit of a journey. It has mm. to do with your masturbatory masturbation practices and not being goal-oriented and um, taking your time and really learning more about what your body likes. And they actually, I don't think, talk about masturbation in this. Um, so I, I'm curious what your masturbation looks like and if you can develop some practices that can be, just know that it can be a long process, but that are about um, really feeling into all the sensations that your body has and not being set on this peak going over the peak of the wave um, but just knowing that the more you practice, the easier it will get. Um, and listen to the episode that we have with her too. And this episode with Kim, I think will be inspirational as well. For sure. I want to just add one piece to this. And this listener, this person that asked the question also said that she's not complaining. I'm not complaining. And that's awesome because you're saying that you're having a lot of mind blowing orgasms. And I think, that is something that's great to focus on. You're, you're having really great orgasms and I feel you sometimes I like have this experience where it's just vibrating at this level that I've never experienced and it feels so good. And I want to tap into that all the time. And sometimes my orgasms are just like, Oh, that was nice. Well, and the thing is they're actually saying they're not, they're not sure if they're having orgasms by the way. Right. The thing is some, there could be, uh, if we use the number system, they could, if orgasm is a 10, small, many small orgasms or one gigantic long lasting one. And, and I like, I like what you're saying, April there, that we're so set on it and it all being one, way I personally felt when I hang out between like a six to a nine and I can hang out there for a long time. I'm like, wait, is actually being at a 10 better than this? Cause I don't know because there's something in the aliveness that you can feel in that. And this is the thing about human beings, homo erectus, right? Homo sapiens. We are all here together and our brains are just starting to do all of these electric things. We're not just making more humans anymore, right? We're tapping into all of these X, extra pleasures, these extra layers of what's available to us. So how cool is it to explore something like this, like your orgasms and if they are little or many, or it's an evolution and you're in your early forties that could shift next year that could shift in five months. And there are so many tools to explore your pleasure more deeply. And I love what you brought up about the masturbatory practices. Yes. Yeah, yeah, developing your practice. We're encouraging you to masturbate. Yes, go start pleasuring yourself more and then, you know, just staying open to the process. And so if your question is, am I having orgasms or not? I'm going to say, my answer is going to be maybe yes and no. Um, the no is, I, I do believe that when we have something that is called an, an orgasm in our body, we, we do have a sense of knowing, kind of knowing like, oh, I know what that was. That was some yeah. powerful shit. That was an orgasm. Um, and I have had the experiences that, that you're talking about of it feeling almost like it must be close. 
Um, and there's nothing wrong with those. And that's much easier for me to have than it is the actual orgasm part. Um, and, uh, and then the maybe is we get to make our own rules. We get to define okay. it as we want. And it, just because society says orgasm happens one way, I don't agree with that. And it feels like, it, it, well, from what I'm reading, it seems like she's feeling good. Yeah, you're having a great time. So, but, but you also awesome. have a desire to understand or maybe try out some new things. Explore that body more. All right. Go wank yourself. Bio. Bio. Kim Anami's bio right here. All right. The fabulous Kim. Kim Anami is a holistic sex and relationship coach, writer, speaker, and vaginal weight lifter. Her musings on life and love have graced Playboy, Elle, Cosmo, Oprah Magazine, Marie Claire, Shape, GQ, and national talk shows, including E!, Network, CNN, NPR, and more. Kim helps people get emotionally, spiritually, and sexually fit via her workshops, salons, and retreats, and is host of Orgasmic Enlightenment Podcast. To learn more, visit KimAnami.com. That's K-I-M-A-N-A-M-I.com. Or go ahead and check out her Instagram, where you will see pictures of her vaginal weightlifting skills and all of the beauty that she definitely has on her Instagram page. All right, y'all. Let's get to that show. But first, sun's out, buns out, and hopefully your pubes are not. Manscaped offers all the right tools to keep your hair groomed above and below the belt. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with a lawnmower 3.0, a water-resistant body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market for those of you in need of a chest shape or a ball cleanup. Manscaped also just released their Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring stainless steel tools to keep your nails looking as great as your balls. Manscaped has got you covered and is here to help you up your grooming game from head to feet and bush to balls. Also, for a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Woo! Yeah. And as always, Manscaped is giving our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you use the code SHAMELESS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code SHAMELESS. Summer is here, and it's time to Manscaped. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, everyone, it is episode time. And if you are listening via audio on iTunes, Spotify, etc., then you don't get to see our beautiful faces or our wonderful guests' beautiful face as well. Um, and if you are on YouTube, then you do because we are adding certain podcasts to YouTube as well where you get videos. So go check out our Shameless Sex YouTube if you'd like to see more visuals here um, in regards to what we are talking about. But other than that, let's just dive right in. You already heard the bio. We're super excited to have Kim Anami on our podcast as a guest. I've personally known of Kim's work for um, many years, listened to a number of her uh, videos, but also her podcast as well. So that she has now, and um, she is—I forgot how I describe her. I—I I th- I feel I, you think you're a powerhouse, Kim. You're, I'm sure you know that too. <laughs> Probably not the first time you heard that. But when I hear you speak, I'm like, damn, we need to have her on the show. So, without further ado, we always start with the same question or prompt. I'll say, um, can you tell us how you got to where you are today in the world of human sexuality? Well, thanks for having me here and for the kind words. 
I always had an awareness of my sexuality or my sexual energy, even as a young child. And I, as I grow older and had my own experiments and explorations, I always had a sense that sex was this pathway to a higher state of consciousness or this portal to different levels of awareness. And as I became a teenager and then explored like other ways that you alter consciousness as well, I really found that sexuality was a huge way to do that. And I was studying things like philosophy and meditation and transpersonal psychology and then having some drug explorations. And I felt like all of that put together couldn't even rival the kinds of places I could go in my own sexual being. And so for me, rather than, I guess, buying into the dominant ideology or paradigm of the culture at large, which is sex is dirty or shameful or taboo, like all of these things. For me, it was like, wow, this is this really liberating, consciousness-altering, self-actualizing experience. And so that was my framework from a very early age. And then when I discovered Tantra and Taoist sexual philosophies, I was like, ah, so here's a whole other world and culture and people make, give it, you know, they were thousands of years ago, who had the same kind of perspective that I did from my own experiences. And then as I, you know, I've always been interested in how people change and how people grow. And so what are the ways that we can use to become more of who we really are? And so, I, like I said, I've studied everything from alternative medicine, transpersonal psychology, philosophy, spirituality, exercise, nutrition, and sex. And for me, sex has always been high up in that toolbox of things that we can use to really become the people we're meant to be. So all of that put together has really then formed the genre of my work, which is as a holistic sex and relationship expert. So I'm all about getting to the root cause of issues and using our sexual ailments as opportunities to further grow and self-realize where the dominant sort of medical or Western approach is to just band-aid people, right? To give them band-aids for these things rather than actually help them to heal and realize the true power that they have in their sexuality. Yeah, this is great. I want to encourage people right now as well, because when I was researching about you, Kim, I looked at your Instagram and it's incredible just everything that you're up to and what you can do. So I'm encouraging all of the folks listening right now, go follow Kim on Instagram. You, you, you won't be disappointed. No, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I was showing my, my esthetician today. I was like, this, this woman's going to be on her podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to, to say that before I ask my question, because my question is actually about the well-fucked woman. What is the well-fucked woman? So this is a term that I coined a number of years ago to really describe a woman who is in touch with and truly inhabiting and owning her sexual energy. So yes, it could be around having a lot of sex, but I would say it's a certain quality of sex. And it could be somebody who's partnered or having their own solo sessions of sex. And this was born out of years ago where I used to have my studio uh, there was a gym in the building and I used to go work out, you know, several times a week. And I would always see this guy who was, you know, about in his mid forties, a German fellow. And he would, we got to know each other because, you know, people you work out with at the same time, you just end up getting to know. And, and then eventually as we got more comfortable with each other, I would come into the gym and he'd be like, Oh, Kim, you'll get some. Hey, and I'm like, <laughs> how does he know? Or I'd come in and he'd be like, Oh, Kim, it's been a while. Hey, and I'm like, how does this guy know? The ex-? And he was always right. 
He was always right. And then I realized that when women, especially, I'd say it applies to men too, but particularly with women, that when they're really embracing and, as I said, inhabiting their sexual selves, they radiate. They have a certain kind of energy and confidence and vivaciousness and attractiveness that draws people to them, right? And this magnetizes people. And I've heard this now over and over again in my work is that when I give people the kinds of exercises or breathing techniques that I advise, and they have these experiences where they're just out in public and people approach them out of the blue. Like I've had stories of men running across the street, you know, from the other side of the street to go and ask someone for their phone number or while they're pumping gas, you know, and this is directly after they've done, there's a particular, we can talk about it maybe a bit later, but something I recommend for people called Meditate, Masturbate, Create, which is a series of conscious exercises to really tap into and consciously harvest your sexual energy. And so people then begin to wear this. That's a palpable, recognizable thing. And people don't often know consciously what it is they're picking up on. And so that became the basis for this idea of being a well-fucked woman and this being a kind of energy that people could pick up on out in the world. And then conversely, when a woman was underfucked, that she would be kind of like contracting like this idea of a wallflower, right? Like almost becoming invisible within herself, like this black hole or, you know, collapsing star. And that then this has actually been discussed throughout the medical literature for millennia, right? This idea of hysteria, the word hysteria is the Latin term for uneasy womb, right? A womb that as Galen and Hippocrates said, was going wandering around the body, looking for, <laughs> looking for solace, looking for some help. And I don't, you know, I see this as very accurate is that when humans as male and female are under fucked and not in touch with their sexuality, they're not in touch with their true potential. They're offering, they're operating at a deficiency in their lives. And then this becomes, becomes something we can see. And so now over the years, it's become really easy for me to pick this out in people. And over the years of people being around me, like let's say my staff, they'll be like, yeah, you know, I was out in traffic today and this woman got all riled up. She was clearly under fucked, you know, like they'll just be using this lens now to apply to people and their behavior. And I think when people are really honest about this, they're like, yeah, that actually makes sense. I seriously, when I don't have an orgasm for a few days, I do get pent up energy. And I'm like, I have to masturbate or go fuck my partner if he's unavailable. And I'm like, I'm just going to masturbate because it does give me an inner glow. It's like mm. tanning my vulva. I'm like, I need this inner glow from the from the external. So I, I agree. I concur. This is that I am a well-fucked woman. And sometimes when I get underfucked, I got to get that straight. Well, I remember uh, our friend, we won't say her name here, but she has this, this highest sex drive of any woman I know. It's incredible. It's like, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. And she actually says sometimes it's really obnoxious actually. Cause she's like, you know, has this like, I need, I need sex. And like, if she goes a couple of days, she's highly irritable. She's, she's like on edge and it's something that she's very tapped. I mean, she's highly orgasmic and very tapped in all aspects of her pussy, her cervix, her, her G spot, her vulva, all these, these, these pieces. But when she uh, neglects it or goes through some sort of dry spell, it really affects her overall well-being. And we'll get to more about that, about how that affects other aspects of um, of our lives or um, can actually help to, to, to benefit other aspects of our lives. Um, but I had, I had a question for you. So you make a statement that all women love sex. And I love this statement. 
um, and it's a broad one. So I'm wondering when you say that, what you're referring to, because when we talk about sex on our podcast, we talk it's a, we we talk about as a broad category. Sex can be a lot of things: is sex penetration, is sex oral sex, is it hand sex? Um, and so when you say all oh, women love sex, what type of sex are you referring to? Um, and and my, I, I know yeah. I guess I'll just leave it at that. What kind of sex are you referring to? Maybe you can elaborate more on that. Well, I think the type of sex could be any kind of sex, like you gave some examples of oral, manual, penetrative, all of the above. I think what I'm getting at when I make that statement, though, is the idea that there's this cultural myth that women are less sexual than men, that men are accepted that they have this high sex drive, men spread the seed and women tend the seed. And I challenge that. I think that's a product of conditioning. I believe that women are equally as libidinous, voracious as men, and it's only that they've been conditioned. They've got much more conditioning and laid on top of them to dissociate from their sex drive, right? Women are shame. It's like the original biblical story about Madonna whore, right? It's like that is entrenched in the the psyches of people, men and women, where women are shamed for being more sexual. And I honestly think the origins of that shaming all come through like parentage. So if we, if a man doesn't know the source of his, you know, the woman's child, like the best thing that we can do is shame the woman from being overtly sexual so that we know that this is our child versus a woman who's like all over the place. I mean, it's been found that women are statistically more likely to stray when they're ovulating right? So they're looking to create a survival of the fittest environment. And so I'm not making a big argument that women should be super out there and promiscuous. I'm just saying that biologically speaking, women are every bit as sexual as men. And it's just this conditioning. And so when I say all women love sex, if they're not feeling that, it only means that that desire, that true libido is just buried Mm -hmm. underneath conditioning through religious programming, cultural conditioning and programming and trauma, right? If people have suffered some kind of assault or violation or abuse, then their libido is probably going to be suppressed right? It's going to be buried underneath this stuff. And so a huge part of my work revolves around clearing blockages. So clearing these programs, clearing conditioning, healing trauma that's happened for people. And then once they remove all of that baggage and debris that's been overlaid on top of them, underneath that is a wild, voracious sex drive. I guarantee it. I absolutely guarantee that this is the truth for all women and all men. And if they don't feel it yet, it's only that they've maybe bought into, like for example, in the Western medical model, it would be, oh, well, take, you know, just use some lubricant or use the birth control pill as a way to muffle your period pain. Like there's all of this stuff about masking symptoms rather than trying to figure out what the body's actually saying to us. And so in my experience, if we do that deeper work and deeper probing, we'll get to actual permanent healing and resolution rather than a lifetime of band-aids, right? Which is really the allopathic model is hormones from puberty until post-menopause, right? Being on the birth control pill forever through all of the childbearing years until a woman decides to have babies. And then at menopause, going back on hormones, right? It's a complete, honestly, chemical castration for women. And so if we remove this temptation to just use Band-Aids and actually do the deeper inner work, we will get the deeper inner rewards. Hmm. I'm still, I've heard you talk about this in other podcasts, that part about um, how 
uh, all vulva owning individuals can be um, highly lubricated and juicy at, at all ages. And I just I want uh, you're one of the few people I've heard say that, and so much of the other so much of the other information that I hear still doesn't doesn't suggest that and um and there's something that still becomes hard for my brain to wrap around that someone's you know so i guess maybe you can elaborate on that you know if someone is a seven because i've heard you say this you've worked with like 70 year old women and maybe correct if i'm wrong and you've got them to be like you know wet moist and juicy so for those people you know with the elasticity of the vaginal canal still shifts with menopause but yet you can because of how you get them in tune with their body and their sexuality then the lubrication can come back Oh, absolutely. It never has to go away. I mean, menopause is a construction in Western culture. There are many cultures all over the world who don't have even a name for it because there's not like this time when women suddenly dry up and, you know, that's the product of, you know, perhaps a tipping point. I did a great podcast called The Myths of Menopause, where I go into this much more deeply about, you know, an accumulation of toxicity or unresolved issues that then the tipping point of menopause, this hormonal change could possibly create these symptoms, but it doesn't have to, right? That would, you know, it's like, anyway, so um, absolutely, like a major cause of, a major physical cause of lack of lubrication would be having a weak vagina, right? So circulation equals lubrication. If we're exercising the vagina, which is a huge piece of my teachings is vaginal Kung Fu and using a yoni egg and strengthening the vagina. And then that creates circulation and oxygenation in the tissue. So hormones flow better, lubrication flows better. Like that's almost within weeks. I'll have women in their sixties and their seventies who were so reluctant or terrified to go onto hormones, but we're thinking they would just have to because all of the doctors they saw were like, well, it's an inevitable thing. You'll have to go on hormones. And a part of them just didn't want to believe it. You know, is there some hope that maybe they didn't have to? And then they find my work and they're like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And so they dive in and they do the jade egg work and they do this other, I'm all about a multidimensional approach. And so even if I said, yes, the jade egg is an amazing exercise, all vaginas ought to be exercised in this way. All of my teaching is still around emotional work, psychological work, energetic work that helps the whole picture because the levels of, as I've said, suppression and taboo and programming are not just physical, right? They're all around us in so many different ways. And so to have the best results, we need to address this in all these different ways. So no, I don't buy into any story that there's a particular age or a particular condition during which a woman doesn't have available to her lubrication or libido. If if anything, it's partly buying into this and having this reinforced by the culture at large, by the allopathic medical community, by people who just don't know any better. And as I said, people are looking in the wrong places, Mm -hmm. right? They're simply like buying into this story rather than doing this deeper internal emotional work. And they're accepting band-aids as a, not even a solution, as a temporary solve, you know, on top of an issue rather than doing the deeper holistic work. And that's why, quite honestly, I have phenomenal results in my work and with my clients and my audience is because they go, all right, you know, something in them, again, resonates that it's perhaps not the solution to have, you know, is it really like, did nature fuck up? 
up that badly <laughs> that women were going to be sentenced to a life of hormones or that women just dry up at a certain age. Like seriously, you think nature is that cruel mm-hmm. or did some allopathic, you know, business model come up with this idea that we can program women to think that they're going to need these things for their entire lives or especially at certain times in their lives, right? I've said that menopausal women are the biggest cash cow for allopathic medicine mm-hmm. <laughs> because this is a vulnerable time. Women can buy into this programming around their age and their bodies and their value as humans. And they're very vulnerable then to be marketed to in these ways. But I've got scores of women who have completely thrown off this, these ideas and have claimed, you know, they've, they're now crying tears out of their vaginas, tears of joy and out of their eyes, you know, and ejaculating tears of bliss out of their vaginas. Like those are the tears they get. That's the wetness they get now is from all orifices rather than this false idea that we need a bottle of lube to save us. I actually have, I have two questions for you. Unrelated questions. One's related to this it just came up for me while you were talking about the jade egg. I've known about the jade egg and strengthening the pelvic floor for a long time. And you talked about the um, a, a ability to have more circulation. We'll, so we'll work with jade eggs for folks that have vaginas that have like the overactive pelvic floor muscles where they're tense. Um, I'm wondering if besides pelvic floor work, if there can be any um, more blood flow given if they use the jade egg versus regular kegel balls, um, because that is something that happens a lot painful sex for people, right? Because they either they have their pelvic floor spasms or there's the trauma piece, which we touched on lightly. That's the first question. The second one I'll ask you in just a minute, because it's a totally new subject, but I just came up for me because I have so many friends with painful sex issues that I'm like, hmm. Well, that's the big question then is why, where is that coming from, right? Like I call it a vagina on lockdown, right? And what has caused that? And typically if you dig deeper, there's some kind of sexual trauma, like often people who've had sexual assault, rape, violations of that kind, or even a bad relationship where they forced themselves to have sex or they slathered slathered on the lube, right? Instead of listening Mm -hmm. to their vagina's messages of I'm wet, I'm ready, I'm happy, I'm available, dry vagina actually means probably doesn't want to have sex right now, right? So instead of listening to that, they're like, oh, I'll just grab my bottle of lube and slather on the lube because lube is a girl's best friend, right? And so then what they're actually doing is negating the voice of the vagina. And so because it's now being overridden, the vagina kind of shuts off. And it's like, well, if you're not actually going to listen to me in terms of the messages that I'm giving to you, I'll give you a stronger message, which is stay the fuck out until you heal me and give me some loving attention. So that's number one. And then, you know, other tools I would use would be say loving yoni massage, right? Like you can, you can attain a lot through very sacred, profound, connected, attentive, cherishing yoni massage, whether it's done by a woman to herself or via her partner, and then slowly introduce penetration. But we're trying to love the the vagina back into sentience, back into connection, right? We have this dissociation that then happens. And so that's reinforced when people use things like lubricants, right? Or force themselves to have sex when they don't really feel like it. And so if we were to truly honor the vagina and then acknowledge its healing 
needs. And this, again, that's what I do in my courses and these programs that I run is like, okay, yes, we look at these physical techniques, like let's say yoni massage or a yoni egg, but also how can we also clear these blockages and barriers and things that have happened to us that have accumulated into the manifestation of some kind of symptom or some kind of condition. I believe that what the normal, so, so many conditions get normalized in our culture, right? Like women peeing their pants, 50% of women, um, up to 60% of women, according to the Yale University School of Medicine, suffer from urinary incontinence. 50% of women after childbirth suffer from pelvic organ prolapse. That is not normal. That has become normalized. Women peeing their pants is not fucking normal, right? And this is not at all to shame any woman who's ever had any of these conditions. Who I am shaming is the allopathic establishment for mm. perpetuating this bullshit narrative and then selling and foisting products on women, right? Or surgeries or damaging ridiculously stupid things like pelvic mesh, right? I'm sure everyone has seen the ads on TV for all of these lawsuits, hundreds of thousands of lawsuits for women who got these things sewn into their pelvic floor and their abdomen for, and they knew that when they put these things on the market, that they were faulty. They knew that there's proof that they knew that. So this is the kind of stuff that women are up against and they buy into this normalization of dysfunction again, because it serves a financial motives for certain people. So women buy into these things, this normalization where, or this idea that it's not normal for a vagina to lubricate itself. It is, we just haven't figured out why it's not. Or if the pelvic floor is weak and so women are experiencing incontinence, then regularly exercising the vagina or the pelvic floor with a jade egg practice. And as I said, the attendant emotional, psychological, spiritual work, I work a lot with clearing on those levels, everything from guided visualization to emotional trauma work to help people examine the whole picture, right? And work on all these multidimensional levels rather than just the physical. I have, so I have a question on the lubrication thing again, then. Um, so, um, as someone, I actually work for a lube company and have for about eight years and, um, and I'm, so I'm personally a huge fan of lube, but here also I like anal play. That's not so great at lubricating itself. And when I was 24, Five, um, my uh, my Bartholin's gland, which is responsible for um, you have one on each side. I mean, you know this, Kim, to our listeners. Um, one on each side of your kind of like the bathing suit line around the labia, but internally, um, they're responsible for for producing that vaginal fluid that's really thin and silky that is are part of like the initial phases of arousal. And I started to get um, a larger cyst on one side and a, and a smaller cyst on the other. Um, and they were pretty much consistently blocked and I would get ab- abscesses and, and things like that and would do all, a lot of holistic stuff, you know, hot compresses and, um, and went and saw sexological body workers and did uh, tissue massage with castor oil. And um, it ended up be having this time period of my life where um, this one aspect, uh, and I know we get lubrication from other parts of the, the body. It's not just from this one area, but it actually, um, I saw it really affect the natural lubrication that I could obtain. And um, so lube became a big part of my life. I ended up getting surgery eventually on them. It was super minor surgery, but um, they just, nothing was working. And so I'm, I want, I'm wondering if you can share a little more about your knowledge about how lubrication works, that it's coming from all these, you know, the, the from the cervical fluid and things like that. Um, but maybe if you could um, highlight more about that, because, you know, in my case, it was, 
it, it was frustrating. And I felt like I was trying a lot of holistic things and nothing was changing. And there was some fluid there, but it was limited. And now that I got the surgery, all of a sudden I was like, there it is. It's back. Like there, I finally got that fluid that I hadn't, I'm 35. I hadn't seen it since I was 25. Um, so maybe you could share a little more about your thoughts on that, or I mean, not the surgery necessarily, but just your thoughts on like all the how vaginal fluid even happens. Right. Well, I believe it comes from different areas in the vagina as well, and you know, ultimately, like the way that I work is trying to examine the root cause. Right. Like, are there any deeper emotional, psychological, energetic sources for this blockage? I believe that everything originates on higher levels, like mental, emotional, spiritual, and then funnels down into the physical. And if it's uncleared, it results in some kind of symptom. So I work on all of these different levels. So yes, there are physical approaches and we look to the physiology to some degree, but that's not my final resting place. Mm -hmm. That's just a piece of the whole approach. So there's all kinds of different ways that I work. I use crystal elixirs with people. I use herbal tinctures. I have a whole line of crystal elixirs and organic herbal tinctures as well that are clinically proven to address issues like this. And then all of the energetic blockages, like I said, like what's the history in this person? What are the issues that are potentially unresolved in their past that are now manifesting in their body? Jade egg work, yoni massage, like I just try to hit it from all possible angles to see how we can have you know, results Mm -hmm. and to each their own, right? Like I'm on the spectrum of quite holistic, you know, radically holistic, I might even say. And whenever I work with people, I say like, take what you like and leave the rest. I believe that it's my job to give you this information that's not very widely disseminated in the mainstream and is, you know, quite the opposite of a lot of Western allopathic approaches. And then people might be willing to go a little bit in that direction. Some of them will be like, oh, this feels like it's an affirmation of all of these things I intuited, but there was never really any, you know, affirming affirmation, like information in the mainstream about these things. Mm -hmm. So my role, as I said, is to give that information out to people that's on this whole other alternative spectrum and then they can choose what works for them or what they feel drawn to or what they feel ready for because it's an evolution and a journey. You know, I've been on this path of alternative health and wellness for 30 plus years and somebody might just be starting out. And so some ideas might be too much for them to take in immediately. And so they might be ready for little baby steps and that's fine. You know, I support and acknowledge wherever people are at, but I'm not, but I don't, endorse, you know, any allopathic approaches personally in my work, because I just, I've seen people overcome pretty much everything with alternative and holistic approaches. Okay. Time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberloop. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberloop and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending UberLube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. UberLube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand, totally shamelessly. 
To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgyes.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore, so go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. I like that. I like that that there's more options out there than the one size fits all. Here, take this pill. Here, have this thing. Because I too, Western medicine, I I value it for a lot of things, but it's just hard sometimes with the aging piece. I love what you shared about menopause, not being more of this Western, uh, I don't even want to call it ailment, but they treat it like you're sick and you're Mm. dying. Like you have menopause and you have hot blisters. And you're like, oh, it's coming for me. So I appreciate that. I'm like, you know what? I, I, maybe I just run hot. Okay. (laughs) So, um, I love that you are putting out there what is available to folks and it's not a death sentence, right there. Your sexuality doesn't have to go and you don't have to eat a pill. So thank you for that work. And, uh, I wanted to actually bring it back to the well-fucked woman or human. We can, we can say, but how does being well-fucked transform and I guess affect, um, other aspects of your life? Because obviously it probably trickles into some sort of triangular fusion. So, um, I just wanted to ask you what you thought about that. Mm-hmm. So I look at sexual energy as being life force energy. This is the energy that creates new life. And if we're not making babies with this energy, then we can learn how to consciously tune into this energy and harvest it and then channel it out into our lives. And so the, the typical sexual approach for most people is like a quick, you know, drive towards orgasm and then you have your orgasm and you pass out and you go to sleep. And I'm all about the idea that after or during we have, especially after we have sex, we ought to feel energized and rejuvenated. And my big barometric question is, does sex leave you feeling revitalized, transformed, ecstatic and like it changed your life. And if not, then you're doing it wrong. And that's not a judgment. It's just to say that there are ways to have sex that make you feel energized and like you want to go to the gym afterward. And there are ways to have sex that make you pass out and go to sleep. And we often see this in men where there's a very like the passing out reflex afterward. And typically what they're not doing then is instead of say revital or recirculating this energy in their system and their bodies through breathing techniques 
techniques that can be very simple to learn. They're just dumping all this energy out of themselves. And so they literally pass out because they're so depleted. And for women, it happens a little bit differently, but both sexes can benefit from conscious breathing exercises, which is something that I teach about in order to recirculate this energy in the body and then have it as a source to channel out into their lives in their creative projects, in their work, obviously in their intimate relationship, in their parenting and their families and their social lives and everything that they do. So the if you're into this kind of thing, like the second chakra in humans governs sexuality, creativity, and money. And so one of the major things that I often see with people is yes, they become more creative and not just in sort of typical pursuits like painting or sculpting, but like I said, in their work, in their families, even decorating their homes, like any of these things, a more patient and loving parent. And money, people make more money. One of the things I say is the fastest way to get rich is to have more sex or at least more gourmet, high quality sex compared to what I refer to as junk food sex, where the junk food sex might be that passing out kind of sex versus the waking up and becoming enlightened sort of sex. And so these are connected because your sexual energy as this energy source that you can tangibly then start to channel out into your universe comes back to you. The more that you're putting your voice and your gifts out into the world, the universe supports that and brings it back to you as cash and abundance. That's the holistic piece, right? How everything is connected. You know, it's not just our sexuality over here and here's our emotional life here and here's our physical body here. It's like them, they're, they're all working together. And then you're also bringing in the aspects of, you know, you know money and um, whatever it's manifestation and, and growth and things like that too. And of course, they're all related. It's just not what we're taught in this wonderful Western world. Um, I'd like to bring this to some conversations around orgasm. You do a lot of work around, uh, you were saying the part about uh, gourmet sex and if it's not this transformational enlightened experience, then you're doing it um, wrong. And that I felt, I have to admit, I felt a little triggered when you said that, um, uh, or I won't call it trigger and activation because I have a hard time when, when there's a, some, a statement around you're doing something wrong. And so for me, my God, my Perry, shut the fuck up. It's my dog. Yeah. Um, for me, it's more, color. it's more about, um, I guess I'll say for me, I, I was like, you mean you can do it better? I guess that there's more options out there. And so I want to bring this to, to the orgasm piece too. I'm just owning that as my own thing, by the way. Um, so the orgasm piece, you talk a lot about um, internal orgasms you talk, and that them being kind of like the creme de la creme of, or, of orgasm as opposed to clitoral orgasms. Um, and I'm curious about this. A couple of things. One, you know, I've seen diagrams of different nerve ending structures for different vulva owners and, you know, see that some vulva owners have more nerve endings internally, some more externally that is diversified and different based on each person. And I believe that um, anyone is capable of, of anything or most things, you know, some people don't have certain body parts and they're you know, born with different um, they're, they're born different, differently than what the standard of what we see. So I'm curious if you can share one, you believe that all women, uh, all vulva owners can have orgasms from internal penetration. And when you say that, that this doesn't involve simultaneous clitoral stimulation or, or is the clitoris still a part of that? Are you looking at this all as an anatomy working together or no, it's just focusing on G-spot and cervical? Yeah. So my 
way of looking at this is that, and again, in terms of, you know, what I said about doing it wrong, it's more, my, my barometer is, does it give me energy or take away energy? Do I feel, you know, enlightened or energized or revitalized or in a more positive space afterward? Or do I feel like I'm exhausted and depleted and want to pass out? So for me, that's the, that's the, the question, right? Or that, that I'm always looking for. And so all of the practices that I teach people are to get to the former, right? How can they feel? and use sex as an actual turbo boost in their lives, in their relationships, in their careers, like in every part of what they do. And I think that's a very misunderstood or just not known element of truly the power of sexual energy, right? We've grown up with this idea that there's all this moral coating around sexuality. And it was it really isn't that at all. This is an energy and a power source that we all have available to us. And so the question is, are we utilizing it for what it's really meant to do or not, you know, and a lot of the stuff that's coded over sex really trivializes sex or, you know, exploits it or just distorts the true profound power of it. So, and on that same level, then, you know, I think a lot of people buy into the notion that women only have clitoral orgasms, or in a way that's all Western science has ever really been able to agree on is a clitoral orgasm. And I, you know, I profoundly disagree with that. To me, there's all kinds, to me, the good stuff is in the vagina. Like all the good stuff is in the vagina and the clitoris is literally the tip of the iceberg, like the outer clitoris it's at least, right? Like it's like this little bulb outside that people think is the be all end all when it's really just the appetizer and 90% of what women can experience is inside the vaginas. And so because of that, most, I think a lot of women even don't think that they like sex that much because if, like, if I had only ever had clitoral orgasms, I could probably take or leave sex. I'd be like, oh, it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. It's like eating a chocolate bar. But because I had these very cataclysmic, life-changing, transcendent, tear-inducing, God-seeing cervical orgasms from the beginning, that was what I thought sex was. Right. And so like later on in my history, I found clitoral orgasms and I was like, oh, look at that. That's kind of cool. I didn't know. I didn't know what all these different orgasms were. I had, you know, cervical orgasms, juice spot orgasms, clitoral orgasms before I knew anything about these, you know, delineation of different orgasms. I'd vaguely heard something about vaginal orgasms and clitoral orgasms. And I was like, oh, well, I clearly have vaginal orgasms because they're just much more deeper and profound and my clitoris isn't being stimulated at all. So I had these very powerful cervical, like I said, transcendent experiences that were, and I often liken it to say taking the drug ecstasy, if people can use that as a reference point, like it's more of this full body, full being, like your crown chakra busts open. You feel like you're connected to God, the universe, energy, other humans, like your deepest level of compassion for the universe. All of that stuff happens through cervical orgasms. And then having this kind of like... You know, like eating a eating a candy thing from the clitoris. I was like, uh, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I barely have them, right? Like, it's sort of a. I consider it to be a nice little fun warm up, right? Like from a um, a reflexology standpoint, the clitoris is the point for the pineal and the pituitary gland. So they're a great. It's a great way to kind of get the juices flowing, but it's certainly not the be all or the landing point, you know, or the end result. And so it's a great place to warm things up and then head into the vagina, the promised land, like the true Pandora's box. So 
this is what I'm all about. And so G-spot orgasms, cervical orgasms in, again, the Taoist reflexology, the cervix is considered to be the heart point in women. And so the nerve that's connected up to the cervix is the vagus nerve, which is even considered to be the most spiritual nerve in the body going all the way up through the heart to the crown chakra. And so it has this ability to just crack us wide open. But the keys to the queendom are that because it's the heart point for the woman, if a woman isn't in touch with her heart, if she's not open in her heart to, let's say, her partner, she won't get to these places. And so to me, orgasms are a great barometer for the level of openness and trust and surrender that the woman really has, especially the vaginal orgasms. I believe that most women can pop off a clitoral orgasm pretty easily with pretty much any partner with no emotional connection involved. But once you head into the vagina, the G-spot and the cervix are much more discerning. And so if there isn't a level of connection and even with a partnership that, that you know couple who's been together for 10 years let's say they have an argument at breakfast time and then they don't really clear it up they go to have sex at night she probably won't have that orgasm she may not even lubricate very well he might not even get a full erection or he might prematurely ejaculate and they won't even associate that their unresolved stuff is has any relationship to what showed up in their bed right where i say everything that shows up in your bed that shows up in your life shows up in your bed, right? And so all of this clearing and connecting work that we need to do as a couple will show up in the bed. These are our barometers, our bodies and our orgasms are barometers. And so because the, the G-spot and the cervix require much more openness and surrender and letting go, then the payoff and the reward are even more intense for the woman, right? Where like I've described it as feeling literally reborn, like that the French term of la petite mort, the little death and rebirth that we are feeling like we've shed these skins. These were my early experiences. We're feeling like I, the levels of conditioning or things that were put on me of the ideas of who I thought I was would just fall away. And I would emerge out of the bedroom, just feeling profoundly centered and confident and powerful and like my true self, right? Like this authentic self had kind of risen up and this, I was owning this. And these were permanent changes. Like with every one of these orgasms, I felt like I worked through layers of trauma and stuff that might've been stored in my vagina or just whatever, like I said, conditioning. And I'd say that, you know, for a lot of women, the deeper vaginal orgasms, G-spot cervical involve tears and they have these crying outbursts, hysterical tear sessions, sometimes yelling or screaming or even anger. Again, this is the Pandora's box that's storing all of these things in a woman. And as she has these experiences, she may not even connect them to a particular incident or trauma or violation that she's having these things come out of her and it's the most amazing therapy. These are so cathartic and therapeutic. And I'm always telling people that's an amazing thing to have happen. If the woman is crying, hold space for that, you know, as the woman keep going and as the partner to the woman, keep her going, right? Encourage her. Don't get freaked out, you know, just keep her going and allow all of that stuff to purge out of her. And afterwards she might feel probably will feel very raw and vulnerable, but also, like I said, profoundly in herself and in her body and different, like an even more authentic version of herself. That's great. And we, but the next question that I had was actually, I feel like you touched on a lot of excellent tips for how to have more 
powerful G-spot or even to have them G-spot and cervical orgasms. And what I'm hearing, and maybe you can add to this um, because we're almost out of time and I don't want to be, I really don't, but I know you have a beautiful life to live as well. Uh, So for, to have more powerful G-spot and cervical orgasms, you're suggesting the the connection piece, which is massive, right? That seems like one of the most crucial pieces to that puzzle. And then I'm also hearing uh, to have the, uh, uh, the, if there's some sort of partner play happening to make sure that they're honoring the space as well, the space and the body and not just going for it. And if it's, if it's on your own, it again, it's like, there's no way to really release trauma, but it's doing the work to have that connection. And I feel like um, you said two other things that I would love for you um, to elaborate on. And if there's any other tips you want to share. Well, I think there's a lot of tools on the journey to clearing that space. Like, so if it's, if it's a couple, then, you know, I'm a huge proponent of open communication and honesty, radical honesty, having an ongoing policy of communicating things and clearing the space, right? Like I often use the analogy of a clear, transparent pane of glass between two people. And the more that they you know, don't say, don't say something or they tell a sin of omission or they tell an outright lie, you put a splotch of mud on that glass. And the more that you are dishonest and value tacit, you know, don't ask, don't tell kind of policies, then you create a larger and larger wall. And so with that kind of wall, you can't really get to these deeper places that I'm talking about. So that's a huge piece. And like I said, it could be an argument from breakfast or it could be something from five years ago or even 10 years ago that you both just couldn't quite deal with and put it under the carpet, but it didn't really stay on the carpet. It's like the princess and the pea, you know, it's like it's still in the bed and it's still creating issues. So things like for women in particular, I'd say yoni massage is a great tool. I've got some great videos on my YouTube channel about, you know, do it yourself or partner done yoni massage lingam massage for men as well to de-armor and release tension, give loving attention to the genitals. The jade egg practice is huge for women. Breathing exercises, I'm a big fan of that as well. I have those again on my YouTube channel. And having a conscious commitment to building a relationship of what I like, like a conscious relationship, right? Where we're using the relationship as a vehicle for growth and transformation rather than we're just kind of with each other, you know, casually at school. Like, and that's fine for whoever wants that. But I'm saying that to get to these kinds of really transformational places that involves a commitment from both people, right? To valuing our sex life, putting time into our sex life, valuing our emotional life, putting time into our emotional life, all of those pieces together are going to give us the turbo boost in the fuel to get to these higher levels that I'm telling people that everyone can get to, but it requires this level of work and commitment to get there. Yeah. I, well, yeah, because what you said before of junk food sex versus gourmet sex, or one thing that I like to use even outside of sex is the term fairly happy versus like ecstatically living or alive. Right. Fine. I'm fine. A lot of people are just fairly happy. Yeah. You know, if they're on a dimmer switch, they're just operating in like a two or a three. And this is normal. You know, that a lot of them are medicated on SSRIs and no judgment about that at all, by the way, if anyone is on SSRIs. And I know that this is an important medicine for people. And I think a lot of people just get very used to as SSRIs aside, you know, they get very used to just 
living life kind of, you know, dull or, um, or just comfortable or okay. And versus, you know, that there's this aliveness there not, is not always available, especially if people are going through heavy things like depression and things where that they need to focus on and we can all have it, you know, it's all, it's all there. And so I'm hearing you're saying is that your, your, your modality that you speak to is really about sexuality. And this is the junk food sex versus gourmet sex or fairly happy versus ecstatically alive. Um, and that it, it is available and it's a journey. It's, you know, there's some work involved and it's ongoing and it takes practice and it takes this knowledge that is outside of the box that a lot of people are not aware of. And so I really value that. I really value any educator that is advocating for folks to just not buy into everything that you heard from and, you know, and listen to all the perspectives and start to start educate yourself and, and to know that you can be the creator of the sex life that you ultimately want to see. Um, I know that you have, so you have online salons. So, I mean, you have your video, lots of free content on YouTube, but a lot of things that people can just watch whenever they want to. Um, so wonderful that you do that. And you also have salons so people can actually work more directly with you. Can you tell us more about what you offer, how people can work with you, how they can learn more? Yes. So plenty of free content on my YouTube channel and I have an orgasmic enlightenment podcast. I put something out weekly on either of those avenues. And then I do what I call sexual savant salons, which are online programs about eight to 10 weeks. And I run those throughout the year. I have one called the well-fucked woman, sexual mastery for men, sexy mama, which is all about holistic pregnancy and orgasmic birth, uh, vaginal Kung Fu, which is my hallmark vagina education and shooting ping pong balls class and yes. together for couples. So I run these throughout the year. And yes, this is an opportunity to work with me more directly where I support people through a committed journey and we have video content released and weekly Q&A support calls with me where I can actually coach people live. But this is, yes, the way to take things deeper. And then The Well-Fucked Woman is coming beginning the end of July. And so this is that hallmark class around all things um, female sexuality and all the things that we didn't learn about from the vaginal deeper orgasms to sexual polarity, really the feminine and masculine archetypes, playing with those, activating those, how to really use your sexual energy as a creative source. As I said, there are specific techniques to better harvest this energy and then channel it out in our lives to benefit everything we do from vocation to money to even body shapes. You know, I've seen people have radical weight loss happen or sculpting happen just through owning their bodies, right? Where we've they've dissociated before. And then by owning that themselves, their shape actually begins to reflect this. So all of that, plus my metaphysical sex acts, like how to deep throating makes you a better person. Anal sex brings you closer to God. Like I always look at ways to take sex acts to the next level. So they have these metaphysical benefits, not just like a list of things, you know, that we think we should conquer over our sexual journey, but no, they actually have much more profound benefits for us. No wonder you have your own podcast because you could talk about this for hours upon hours. You have so much I to almost, share. I saw God the other day when I was having anal. That reminded me when I, you said that. I'm like, I really, it was incredible. I did too, last night. There you last go. Night. And there I was like, it's like, this is so perfect that we're doing this podcast because. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just, you're incredible. You're incredible, yeah. Kim. And yeah. it, as I mentioned earlier, you can check out Kim's Instagram. It's K-I-M-A-N-A-M-I. Uh, which is Kimanami and this- Kim and, and Kimanami.com is your website yes. landing page. Yes. 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 
go check out yeah. Kim and all of her fabulousness. Yeah, thank you for coming, joining yeah, us, Kim. Phenomenal guest. Check out her podcast as well. It's probably everywhere podcasts are. Mm-hmm. And of course, YouTube. Do you do videos on YouTube? Yeah, she's all the free I do videos on YouTube. No, but then, yes, the, the podcast. for your podcast videos oh. too? Uh, no, no, I separate. If I do a video, I'm going to do some funky shit in the video. But yeah, <laughs> well. podcast. I mean, the podcasts are released on yeah. YouTube, but just as audio, not okay. with a visual yeah. Got yeah, a lot of other vis- yeah, a lot of wonderful other visual content. Everyone's going to be checking it out. Yeah. And to all of our beautiful listeners out there, go ahead, take the plunge, give us five stars on iTunes. It just helps more people find beautiful guests like Kim. It helps more people enhance their pleasure. So go check us out and give us five stars. We love you, and we love Margins Wine. I love Margins Wine. Why, Amy? Why? Because it is small batch boutique wine, women owned and operated, delicious raw wine, which is uh, different from what most people have. We've loved it for years. Go check it out, marginswine.com, sign up for a newsletter. And if you go look in the show notes, there's actually coupon codes so you can get a discount. And you'll know why we love it. Get them bottles. It's time to celebrate. It's summer, Woo-hoo. y'all. All right. Well, we love you, shameless sex revolutionaries. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.